It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. It's the pig, pig skinniest season of all. Belichick is still frowning and Cleveland still browning. We root for Steelers. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the year. Oh, yes. Hi and hello, sports fans, and welcome to Minus Three, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. One pro football game down. 255-ish left to go. The first one featured Jeff Schwartz's younger brother, the world champion Mitchell Schwartz, and the Chiefs. But that's already rearview mirror stuff. We have to tend to the NFC. We encourage you, Nate Demand, go back and listen to our full breakdown of how the AFC is going to go in 2020 and into January and even that first Sunday into February. We gave you all our picks there. Just as a quick reminder there, go to FanDuel.com slash minus three. Get on Schwartz's pick to get to the Super Bowl or the best value pick, at least out of the AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I like the Colts either way. uh, Great value there, plus 1,300 or plus 1,000 um, uh, to get in on both of those teams right now. And uh, how are you, Jeff Schwartz? I am fantastic. Look, I I am excited for football to be back, Dave, because it just feels like we have normal life again. It, It might not be normal outside of football. It might be crazy. 2020, look. We know what's happening in California, Oregon right now. Hope everyone is safe out there. Just it, it's it's crazy. It's crazy, but football feels like normal again. I feel whole again. It's nice to have that feeling back, even if it is not really what it is. It's in our little world. We're back. We're gambling on football. We're enjoying football, and I could not be happier. Yeah, the whole fan thing and otherwise. And listen, full disclosure, no jive. I never want to jive the audience here. Schwartz and I are recording just before KC and Houston kick things off. We don't want to let that seep into our brains and impact how we might relate to the NFC. We want to give you that to you pure and clean here. And we're going to get into the NFC breakdown in just a bit. In the NFC, though, the New York Giants are playing host to an AFC I, well, I mean, I, I, I've got him as a juggernaut, not, not just because I have a steel curtain football jersey hanging behind me. I happen to think that the Steelers are among the three or four most complete teams over on the uh, on the AFC side of things. But you know what, Schwartz, you played for the Giants. Like I say, I'm a Steelers guy. Why does it have to be either or? We want to bring this country together right now, not create further division. We do, we, yes. So go to FanDuel.com slash minus three right now because to kick things off Monday night football, it's not Steelers or Giants. It's Steelers and Giants combining to go over 47 and FanDuel generously has stepped up. Get in there. What was minus 115, 105, I should say, to make the bet is now plus 115. If the Steelers and Giants combine to go over that 47, I'll tell you this, Eddie Spaghetti, he's a Giants guy. He thinks it's going to go way over. It's going to blow past this. Eddie Spaghetti, I think, is going to have his feet up 
hopefully from where I sit, watching his Giants get whipped by three touchdowns, but uh, but still helping the overall point total um, transcend that 47, right, Spaghetti? Oh, go ahead there, Schwartz. I would say, but before Spaghetti goes, I would just like to point out that this offseason is very reminiscent of the 2011 lockout. Remember, in the 2011 lockout, I was part of that. There was no offseason program. Right? You show up at training camp, you go to work, you still have the preseason game, so it's a little different. But just to let you guys know, the over for the first two weeks of 2011, 22 9 and 1. So I love a, it. And a lot you know, of points. It's root for points. If you blur your eyes kind of and ignore the specific season to season, the ebb and flow of defense versus offense and who rises up and when, if you kind of look at it, typically a lot of pro football guys will let you know that the offense wins the first half of an NFL season. Then the defenses start to wide. They, they have enough tape to break yeah. down and they can start to slow those offenses down. So I, I think Joe Judge, we don't know exactly what that Giants offense is going to look like. Maybe Jason Garrett has given us some indication with what he was doing down there with alleged America's team all these years. But, you know, Matt Canada arrives to help out. He's one of the forefathers of all that Jeff Sweet act, oh, yeah. Jet Sweep action you're going to see a lot. New pieces on both sides of the ball. Not a ton of defense there in New York. I do think that this one is going over. That's why we're giving it to you. And as our mutual pal, Cousin Sal, told me 20-some years ago when I first started to wet my beak a little bit or attempt to um, by putting a little action down on, on pro football games, he said, never bet the under. If you want something to root for all game long, <laughs> bet the over because it will keep you engaged all day long. And if that's all you need for a rooting interest here, then get in there. One more time, fanduel.com slash minus three is how you can do it. The only concern, I two concerns, I suppose. Ben Roethlisberger says he's going to be nervous for this one. I'm not yeah. making, I'm not getting crazy about that. But David DeCastro, a key piece on that offensive line, I don't know if that's enough to slow down the Steelers' offense. I do think that high-end Steelers' defense is a good reason that the Giants might be repressed offensively a little bit. How say you? So a couple things about um, Big Ben being nervous. Look, I'm glad he's admitting that because – we're all a little nervous before games. Like there's no way to say you're not, especially this year, right? It's, it's such a new year. It's such an odd year um, for, for big Ben, especially he hasn't played in over a year. Now he goes into a game with no fans. There's no fans. In, it, it, it's a, it's at the, um, it's in the Meadowlands, right? There's no fans at this game. So he goes from obviously playing last season for a couple weeks, getting hurt. Everyone calling him fat out of shape, shows up actually in shape, goes through a weird training camp, now has to play a game of Monday Night Football, the early game, by the way, of two Monday Night Football games against a defense that he doesn't know what they're going to really show him because they have a new defensive coordinator in a stadium with no fans. It's, of course, it's like just even just being nervous for the unknown of all of that, let alone him trying to revive his career in, in this year where basically if he doesn't do it, Dave, he's probably gone. So, it, it, of course, like the nervousness is should be there. I'm glad he's acknowledging it because we all should acknowledge that we have feelings other than just being like the strongest, toughest guy of all time. And so I love this. I think a lot of points are going to be scored by the Steelers. Like I think this gets carried by the Steelers on this over. Um, I just don't know. And maybe Eddie can help out as a Giants fan. Where are the impact players on defense? Where, where are you getting stops? Like who who's stopping the Steelers 
on the Giants defense? I'm still looking. I mean, they they brought in a couple of guys in the offseason. Blake Martinez, you know, as, as an inside linebacker, you have uh, James Bradbury, but there's no humongous names in the defense. I think they're all mostly young guys. You move Julian Love to from cornerback to safety. Uh, you have Dexter Lawrence is really a two down player, but he should still do his job there. Um it's, it's going to be the, the Big 12 offense uh, sort of thing, like I said the last show, because they're going to score a bunch of points. I do have faith in Jason Garrett, but seeing the Steelers team with all these receiver weapons and you still have James Conner and they add Eric Ebron and Big Ben's going to throw the ball around the whole field. Uh, I I don't – Dave said three touchdowns. I mean, I think they'll lose by 10 points, something like that, 10, 13 points, but uh, it won't be pretty. Yeah, I, I, I think the Giants have to play almost like – Big 12 style football, like just yeah. like score, hope they score a ton of points. Gun. Like just yep. like hope they can do it. And Daniel Jones is not that guy. But look, the over is a great play for all of us. Uh, Fandom.com slash minus three, because we can root for points together. And I look, I, I will go against Cousin Sal. I love betting unders. I, it sucks. You don't know, rooting against points is terrible feeling, but they're actually really good bets. But I feel like in Dave's to Dave's point, we're going to be unified as one on this podcast, and we're going to root for as many freaking points as we can get on Monday night. Yeah, Steelers, Giants, even you Eagles fans, jump in on this one. Uh, this is uh, this is a good one to uh, to start your Monday night football season off right with. Uh, fascinating stuff right out of the gate. We have a lot of NFC to get to here, and I guess we'll talk about it after we see how Roethlisberger looks after one week of action there. But, boy, I, had, I it's crazy to say this. I hadn't really absorbed what you said that if he is not good this year, the Steelers likely will try to look for a way to move on. I'm not sure of um, uh, of how big the hook is in them, though, for Roethlisberger going forward beyond 2021 and how hard that would be to move on. But I, I, it would probably incent them at minimum to try and bring in his would-be successor. Anyhow, let's get into the NFC here. And, well, one more thing before we jump in on that one. Boston Celtics, Toronto Raptors. Big game seven coming up. On Friday night, and uh, the Steelers, uh, the Steelers, I'm sorry, you see where my head is. The Celtics are giving two there. Total on that one is uh, 203 and a half is the total on that one. Um, I mean, double overtime it took for them to achieve that point total in game six. I'm going with the Celtics. I took yeah. them a month ago to get to the finals. I'm not going to jump off now, but the Raptors have surprised me uh, and the way they rose up there on Wednesday night. But, okay, let's get well, – who, who you got there, Schwartz? And then let's get into football. I'm just going to fade you because it's more fun to root against you. I'll take the Raptors. Heart of a champion, man. You know, double overtime. Kept making those big shots. Um, I know the officiating has was not ideal in that game, uh, but um, I, I've been I've I've liked bubble basketball. I think it's been really good. It's it's a little you know it feels a little weird at times, but th the players are into it. Obviously, the action's been good, and um, you know we we've taped this before the Lakers play tonight, and the Lakers will be up what three to one after this. So I feel good about the Lakers. Yeah, I feel good about the Lakers, and if the Raptors do win, then that'll be a fun thing to root for is Raptors versus Kawhi, who basically, um, you know, uh, had a an outsized um, responsibility for winning that first title a year ago. So, all right, NFL, let's start it off here with the NFC East, and what jumps out to me about the conference is versus the AFC that we did earlier in the yeah. week, there are about four potential juggernauts that are distant from the rest of the pack, in my opinion, in the in the AFC. 
a lot of good teams, a lot of really good teams yeah. in the NFC, but they're but they're battling each other and they're they seem to be kind of even Steven. It's hard to see who breaks out and it's the best of that gang. How say you? So this is the thing about the NFC. Um I think there are many teams that, that can win that are good enough. I don't know if there's a, a dominant team in the mm-hmm. NFC. But last week on my, my other podcast, Bill Barnwell came on from ESPN. He said, look, I'm betting the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. I should do it to win the NFC. And I was like, okay, I, I like the Cowboys in the NFC East. Um, and then everyone hopped on the train this week. Everyone you talked to, Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. And I figured out it's one reason why. Because last season, they were terrible in, in close games. And normally that kind of gets, you know, two years ago they were good at it. Last year they were 0-5 in, in game sided by three points or less, seven points or less. So typically that kind of goes back to the middle. So you figure 10-11 wins. But, man, I feel like they're now the public play, Dave. I don't know if I could pick the Cowboys to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, even though I do think they win the division. I do think they're very talented. McCarthy, look, we have not seen a first – have we seen a first-year head coach was – was Tomlin the first guy to do this? The first year head coach win a championship? Like we just no, he he didn't. Uh, that was years? actually his second year, and there has to be a coach who went to the Super Bowl in his first season with a team. I can't think of who it is off the top of my but, head. Like, but. I don't think because it wasn't Belichick with with New England. That was the second year. Um, I just don't see them in year one. Of, I just talked to you about all the weird things of this offseason for Big Ben. The same apply for Dallas. Like they, it's, it's a new offseason, weird offseason, I say with a new coach. And McCarthy was stubborn in Green Bay. Will will he kind of not be stubborn now? Well, coaches don't change very much. I assume he will still be the same old stubborn coach he wasn't with that offense. So I, I like Dallas to win the NFC East. And then I think you you're you're looking at Niners, Saints. Well, wait a second! Don't, don't, you don't, don't spoil the whole podcast. Oh, I, I thought, Let's I, thought get going, into it. I, I thought we're talking well, about just the best NFC. Teams. Well, we're gonna make our picks here. We got to okay. make our All week right. one okay. picks. Then, but, but, but. But first, let's go division and focus here on the NFC East. It, uh, as usual, is the most compelling division or among the most compelling bunch of uh, bunch of, um, you know, again, even the teams, the Giants, I think, are interesting on a piece of paper, at least offensively. Yeah. And Washington is interesting defensively. And I, I think a lot of people are sweet, sleeping a bit on Dwayne Haskins in a normal sophomore year, at least I would be much higher on him. But again, like we keep talking about, I don't know what this offseason has has allowed in terms of reps with with new receivers, with McLaren on down for him. I have my doubts there. I do believe in Ron Rivera. And I also think Montez Sweat, I, I you know, you know better than I do about what's happening. A Montez Sweat, I feel like largely underwhelmed, but he still got the seven sacks in his rookie season. Yeah. Now you, now you break it. Uh, now you bring in supposed can't miss guy and Chase Young on the other side, and Ryan Kerrigan, who might be on the down, downhill of things, only played twelve games a year ago. I mean, uh, t- three years, but I mean, uh, if you exclude twenty nineteen, he had double digit sacks yeah. in the in the three yeah. preceding years. So maybe you know, not being the focal point of uh, an offensive line stopping him from getting to the pass rush keeps them at least interesting. And if Dwayne Haskins delivers at all on the first round grade that he got a year ago, people have kind of slept on him as far as I'm concerned. Still Dallas and Philly are the two teams in this yeah. division that are going to battle it out. And I think I lean Philadelphia. I, 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 I just by a whisker and they're plus 2000 to win the Super Bowl to just win the division. If you want to take the Cowboys, they're minus minus one thirty. The Eagles are plus one thirty to win the division. 
So there has not been a repeat winner in the NFC East. Do you, do you know this? Since 2004. Mm-hmm. 2004. It's a crazy division. You know, every year it's it's somewhat new. Um, the Eagles worry me about their injuries because, again, they just can't – the injury bug just can't figure it out. I'm not sure their secondary has improved. I know they brought in Slay, but, like, I don't know if it's if it's quite good enough yet, like good enough where I'd be like, you know what – I, I, I'm not worried about their secondary. And so that's why I give the, the, the Cowboys the slightest of edges in this division. Um, I like the, the Eagles coaching staff. I like Carson Wentz. I, I like all of that. I'm just worried about the injuries still. Like they, their offensive line is, you know, Jason Peters. I love Jason Peters, Hall of Famer. He's going back to left tackle. You know, is he going to stay healthy? Brandon Brooks was out, obviously. I just, it feels like, again, like their snake been before they even start, which again um, is is wild to me. Um, I think the Giants finished fourth in the division. By the way, I don't think they're any good this year. Uh, the Washington Football Team, the, con- the concern with the Washington Football Team is not really the play on the field, Dave. It's everything else. It's Ron Rivera dealing yeah. with cancer right now. I hope I, I, I love Coach. I saw him and his wife at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They're fantastic. I play for with Ron Rivera too, but they're fantastic people. Um, I hope he recovers and everything. But he's in chemo right now. And he, you know, he doesn't even have a really a bond with his team yet. He's barely been in the facility because of COVID. Now he's not going to be there again. You're dealing with all the Daniel Snyder stuff outside of of, of the locker room. Um, you know, Daniel Jones, excuse me, not Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins kind of getting the reins for the first time. I think Alex Smith will be a great influence for him as far as we've seen him do with, with Kaepernick and, and Mahomes. I think Washington will be third. Dallas, excuse me, the Giants, Giants fourth. Yeah, that's one of those ones. And, you know, I'm not being glib about, um, you know, victims of 2020 in football terms, obviously, versus the real life stuff. And if we're talking about medical and otherwise stuff, I mean, Dak Prescott as the face of the franchise or whatever. I mean, you know, good for him saying what he said. But um, and no matter what pushback he got from one uh, national loudmouth trying to make a splash by saying something splashy, which was absurd to say. I, I, real quick, I was listening to that. I listened to it today before we recorded. And all I thought in my head was, first of all, I get what Skip was sort of trying to say. He just did a terrible job of it. And my and my whole thing, Dave, is look, and this is the way that I live, and I tweet a lot, you know that I we talk a lot, I do this a lot, is like, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. You don't just keep your mouth shut sometimes. Like what, like why, I have no opinion other than, I'm glad Dak is honest about his feelings. I hope he is, you know, he's either feeling better, seeing a therapist, whatever he needs to do to feel better, to play football. I don't have this. I don't need to have like a hot take on his depression. Like it seems, I, I wish we would change that as a sports society. Like we don't have to have a hot take on everything. Well, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, specific to Dak, you know, or, or in fact, kind of think about, one of the the big events before we got actual games back in uh, over the last six months was the Michael Jordan documentary. And, you know, the, the thing that people still or at least a large percentage of people still point to is that he did. He wasn't outspoken about uh, about important off uh, off court, off field kind of stuff. And here's Dak Prescott. And now he's getting pushed back 25, 30 years later for, you know, ostensibly helping people, no matter what he's talking about, what he's dealing with. Theoretically, it would it, it could help people out there to hear that, to hear the the quarterback of America's team saying something like that. Um, and so it's weird to pour water on that. I, I, I Anyhow, I. 
you know what? Let's uh, we, we we have much to get to. I think it yeah. was silly, and and uh, we're we're fanning the flames by talking about it some more. So Eagles, I like Miles Sanders, who really came on um, as the year went along. There, um, Carson Wentz is. I I, I feel like it in as far as QBs go in the NFL is at this point in his career that he is the ultimate kind of right up there, at least for beauty is in the eye of the beholder kind of thing. I mean, he really is at his best. You really look at him and say, man, oh man, what a, what a distinct talent. Let's remember he would have won an MVP just a couple of years ago. Who knows? Maybe he would have won a Super Bowl ring and would have been a hero. I think he still is hero adjacent in Philadelphia. Um, They help him out a little bit more with pass catchers, but like you say, good health. And those two tight ends continue. The thing I've been hearing about a lot, Schwartz, and validate this or otherwise, I think you're going to see a lot of two tight end sets this year. And if you look at that, I mean, who's got a better pair than uh, than the Eagles do going into this? Plus, yeah. um, Tampa, plus, but yes. I don't know. I don't know about what Gronk's going to be in his return after a year away, after shriveling down and now inflating himself back up. I think um, – I, I, I like that duo one way or the other in Philadelphia, and I expect that they're going to be good. So I think Carson Wentz, I think, finally delivers here. Uh, and and it has more than anything else to do with having a good, healthy season. Wait a second, Schwartz. What's going on here? Who are you talking to? My daughter walked in the room. This is a, this is Let, the... Let's bring her up here real quick. Mm-hmm. Ask, her, ask her just to decide who would win in a fight, an eagle or a cowboy. Hey, let's let make me, that, let's make that the decision. I mean, who would... Who would win in a fight, an eagle or a cowboy? A cowboy. Yeah, cowboy. that's right, because he's got the oh. six-shooter. Maybe I have to reverse my pick now. <laughs> that was nice insight. Yeah. Maybe she's the tiebreaker then, since I'm going to roll with the with the Eagles here, and you're going to go with uh, with the Cowboys. I like Dak a lot. I think he's in a weird spot, though. Not I'm not talking about any of the skip, skip stuff. It's because... He's in a wonky spot now again with a with a with yet another year to have to prove himself. And I do get Barnwell's point. Um, you know, when you're tight like that in the year, it's a great indicator of things reversing the following year. Yeah. If you if you lose a lot of games narrowly, things do tend to to um, what's that called? Uh, regress to the means or advance to there the you means. Go. Using big words, I like it. Thank you, thank you. So, okay, you're going to go with the Cowboys, eh? Yes. I don't think the other thing that people have hung their hats on with the Cowboys for now at least half a decade is, well, the best offensive line in the league. I feel like people kind of ignore that some of those guys have moved on now, and they just keep it. They they heard that five years ago, and and now it's just true until until someone like you gives them an update about that. I mean, what is the Cowboys line? I, I suppose it's a position of strength still for them, but it's yeah, not but as dominant as it was three years no, ago. Cause Travis Frederick is gone. Uh, he retired the center and the right tackle Lyle Collins went on IR. So he's out for the first three weeks, at least Teron Smith and Zach Martin are both hall of famers. Um, but they, you know, Teron can, can be hurt at times. I, I don't, I still have a soft spot for him because he's incredible. The left guard is Connor Williams. I mean, he's like been up and down in his career. So, I, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not perfect anymore. It's not as good, I th- in my opinion, not as good as um, as it used to be. So people just, I think, default to that. But that's you know, it's uh, it's not true anymore. 
Um, okay, so and uh, 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 I didn't uh, do a good job of talking you out of anything. You're going to stick with the Cowboys here and Mike yeah. McCarthy. Uh, for all the talk about unimaginative and everything else, you think kind of the Andy Reid effect of, you know, there for in one place forever in an NFL town will be reinvigorated and his message yeah. will resonate more with a new team. Sure, but the difference, in my opinion, just from an X and O's perspective, is that Andy Reid reinvented – let me put this the right way. He didn't reinvent his offense. What he's doing now are things that were always in his offense, but he's doing them with more pizzazz, right? With the motions and shifts. And now he can interchange parts, Tyreek, all these guys. Is that McCarthy's offense isn't that. And so I'm curious to see if he is going to reinvent himself and change his offense to incorporate the parts that he has. Andy Reid, that's the best part of Andy, man, is he'll try anything, Dave. He'll try, he'll do anything. He has a core principle of his offense, and he'll just, you know, they'll run four verts called all go special, three by one, four verts. They run it, they run it 75 different ways. So, like, I got to see McCarthy be this creative, and I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to go not, eagle. Not a while, I should say. Final answer for me, Eagles one, Cowboys two, Washington three, Giants four. Sorry, Spaghetti. We're in lockstep that they're uh, that your team's going to be in the basement. Do you Wait, agree? What? Who wins the division? Who wins the division first? If, of all? I'm I'm fine with one or two. It's gonna. I I personally think the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are in like that 12, 11 win range. I think the Eagles are like a game or a game or so behind them. 11, 10 win range. I think the Giants are comfortably the third best team in this division. I mean, I don't even know how you can come. If you want to compare offenses to Washington. I mean, the Giants pretty much beat them at every position, so I don't know how they're going to all of a sudden be the, the seller dweller. Beat them right? at every, beat them at every position, would, not defensively. Take, I'm offense. I would take Giants receivers, take Giants tight end, take Giants running back. I take Giants quarterback. Uh, right now, the offensive line to the Giants was once a weakness is now becoming a lot better. Will Hernandez, is, I mean, Jeff knows more than I do, but they did draft Andrew Thomas. Uh, they, Kevin's. They, they said he made that kid that that defensive end Carter look like Lindsay Carter a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I, I mean, he went fourth for a reason. He played in the SEC. I trust Andrew Thomas. He left up like no sacks when he played it at Georgia. I mean, Will Hernandez is great, a left guard. You have Zyler, a right guard, he's a pro bowler. Uh, from what I've heard, Cam Fleming has been pretty solid at right tackle. So uh, to me, it's the, the Giants' offense is light years ahead. But yeah, I, I agree. The, uh, the Washington team's defense is, is better, but I, I don't see the Giants being below them. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. I, I do think, though, that. You're basing all of this, or not, or, or a lot of it, on chapter one of two quarterbacks' careers. And Dwayne Haskins' story isn't written yet because he didn't get a ton of reps and didn't look great in stretches there where Danny Dimes made a big splash. I don't necessarily think that Dimes ends up. I, I'll remember, and Jeff Schwartz, you weren't there, but I was there when the Giants announced the pick of Danny Dimes and one Eddie Spaghetti flipped his lid. He was very upset that uh, that it was that guy instead of Haskins or uh, one of the pass rushers or, or, or someone else there. That still was not the f entire issue. The issue was at that point, the Giants gave Eli Manning the, the bonus and they were going to commit to him. And I did not understand why they were taking quarterback at six. I'm just that saying, Dwayne has, I remember the world went crazy when Danny Dimes went in front of D Dwayne Haskins for a reason. I, 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 I remain a pedigree snob. I'm going to ride with Haskins nah, for the long term. But I'm not the only one saying that Danny Dimes is going to be great this season. A lot of people love him. And even if you cancel our quarterbacks, I'm still taking Saquon, Evan Ingram, and the, the receiver core for what Washington, uh, what, uh, right. Washington team has. So If you love them so much, why don't you marry them or at least bet them at fanduel.com <laughs> slash minus three. Get in with spaghetti. If you're a big Giants guy, go ahead and do that.
we'll roll on with the rest of the NFC. But first, let me tell you about Manscaped, everybody. Perk your ears up real good due to quarantine as you're getting ready for football season, football, fantasy drafts, and otherwise, it's very possible that what you've got going downstairs, you know, where, where you don't put pants on anymore, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's very possible that you now look um, more or less like Zeke Elliott when he lets his hair out. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> That's why our partners here at Minus 3, Manscaped, they are jumping in here so that you don't gamble on shaving your nether region, cleaning yourself up, and so that you can focus on gambling on pro football right now. Listen up. Get 20% off and free shipping with code MINUS3. That's important that you use this. Minus the word, the number three, at manscaped.com. Perk your ears up. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code minus three. It's time to give your testes the besties with Manscaped. If you use this, I see I, it wasn't a thing, Schwartz. I'm a little older than you. This was not a thing when I was, you know, 15. I didn't yeah. know anybody. But now this is this is standard operating procedure. Eddie Spaghetti's old lady wouldn't let him within uh, six feet even before COVID hit if he didn't keep himself nice and clean, if you know what I'm saying. I would take Manscaped products. If you'd like to send it to me, Hmm. I will give you personal testimony of using said product. Testimony. Um, That's what that Schwartz is promising. Testimony. I'll give you you some testimony of of the product. I, um, I, I partake in some of that. Okay. Yeah, I say, yeah. So Schwartz. Schwartz, when your hair connects from your like your top of your head all the way down your back, like all the way down, you you gotta you gotta just keep it clean sometimes. Gotta clean up a little bit. I see. Yeah, like yeah, below the neck, we all all three of us might look like swarthy mofos, but you know, I don't. uh, Underneath, little known fact, smooth like a dolphin, thanks to Manscaped. Get in on the action, Manscaped.com, twenty percent off with free shipping if you use the promo code minus three. And, well, definitely the shorts. He wants it for free, though. So 20% off. And uh, and then uh, if you give it to shorts, though, listen up, Manscaped. You get something over to shorts there in Charlotte, North Carolina. Testimony coming your way. Now, NFC North, Minnesota Vikings. To me, a little bit of a surprise favorite here. Plus 165, the Packers, who won 13 games a year ago and played in the title game in uh, in the Bay Area. Plus 190, Bears plus 390 to win the North. And they're the Lions at plus 500. Great value for a fourth place team. And I'm hearing a lot of buzz on these Lions. How say you? Is this smoke and mirrors, Matt Patricia? Not a great history of success for Belichick coaching tree fallouts apple does as it turns out fall far from the belichick tree um but i you know what i can't get away from it myself i think the lions have a real shot at you know eight to ten wins this year so we know there's a lot of turnover each each and every year right in the nfl um you know at least five teams uh the last five excuse me four seasons have not been in the you know in the playoffs the year before and and, and make the playoffs if you look even as simpler Dave, as worst to first, right? We had one in 2015, one in 2016, two each in 17 and 18. We had none last year. And some of those are are simply explained as, you know, a quarterback injury, right? Deshaun Watson gets hurt the next year. The Texans come back and they're good, right? 49ers, they're they're not that example, but okay. The reason why I like the Lions is when you look at the entire NFL, all eight last place teams from last season, 
they have the best chance, in my opinion, to be that team to go from worst to first because of their division makeup, okay? That's exactly right. It's it's not necessarily even high, overwhelming Correct. praise for Detroit. It's who do you think is so great in this yeah. division? So that's where I fall on the Lions. I, they could be last in the division, but I could easily see them being nine and seven or ten and six. Remember last year, three, three and one with Stafford. They obviously tied a game. They had the Chiefs on the ropes. Remember, week four in Detroit could have easily won that game. You have to think at some point the defense becomes good. I, I, I mean, Jeff Okuda, Trey Flowers, Matt Patricia, the offense, Dave, is going to be fine. Now, Kenny Galladay supposedly got a little banged up at practice today. I hope you can play for the sake of my fantasy team. Please play this week. But nonetheless, they have a ton of weapons, man. And I just don't see the Vikings. Look, the Vikings are talented, but they enter this week. And I know we get the lines this week. They enter this week with basically three new cornerbacks. They lost, they lost their top two pass rushers from last year now, and Gawkway comes back. But they're they're really beat up on defense. We expect them to come out firing right away. So well, no, no, Daniel Hunter to start the season, and then Yannick and Gakwe. Everybody's excited about, and I know that that's more of a plug and play kind of a position. But still, still is he going to walk out there and correct. and roll over everybody in 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 his first game with the team? I don't know about that. I don't love. I I get another guy. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Obviously, Kirk Cousins a little bit, but I don't know that I love the offensive line there. I don't exactly. like Stephon Diggs moving on and how much um, focus how much focus he was drawing. And you know, I don't want to be a cynic, but maybe that has. Well, Stephon Diggs will tell you that it was as nice as he was when I spoke with him about it, and he gave a, a very positive, team friendly answer. He understands that he was drawing the the top corner or dropping yeah. or, or drawing double coverage every week to free up Thielen. Now that's changed too. Right. Weird little thing. I think Irv Smith does take off a little bit this yes. year to provide some uh, some relief yes. in that regard. But the the Packers, I, I like as long as Aaron Rodgers is there. I know people want to diminish him. I think that's one of the signs of being a really, really great, uh, you know, generational great is that people start trying to poke holes in you. Like I saw earlier in the week, some people taking some, shot, some shots at Aaron Donald. Um, the pass oh, catcher yes. thing, who's, who's catching the passes from Aaron Rodgers? I don't know, but everybody take a look around. Who has Aaron Rodgers ever been throwing to that is so overwhelming that they would be a star without him? Not Greg Jennings, not Donald Driver. Um, You know, uh, Jordy Nelson was the best that he's ever had. James Jones was was nice for a little while there. But I mean, come on. Aaron Rodgers has Devontae Adams, who stands as his most talented receiver ever. Yes, they could have helped him out some more. They didn't. But they are a team that can grind you on the ground. They can get after you defensively. I like I like the. Packers to win the division. I think the Bears, interesting to see. I never talk apple in the tree. Matt Nagy from Andy Reid, and then the early shine that, that he provided for the Bears and was clever and had teams yeah. off balance with, with Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, this is a big year for, for Matt Nagy. I'm not going to jump in on the Bears and get overexcited yeah. about them. I kind of like the Lions as maybe even your second-place team in this division. I don't buy Kirk Cousins without a high-end receiver and digs there. So I'm going to take the Packers to win the division, and uh, we'll see if the Lions can sneak in the playoffs in just a little bit. DeAndre Swift plus 1,500 yeah. to win Rookie of the Year. Matt Stafford's a great bet there in a crowded name, crowded field of comeback player of the years with some big luminaries in there, but Stafford's in there to try and win it for his second time, plus 700, um, jump in on uh, on all those bets. So who do you got winning the division? So I, I have the Lions, but I want to – Whoa, I love it. 
I want to bring a point about the the Packers is that I think Aaron Rodgers will have a better year this year. He's obviously motivated to to show the Packers. I just don't like the mindset of a, of an organization to be thirteen and three and come in the draft and draft your future quarterback in the first round, a running back in an H moved tight end, basically with your third pick in the like. This is a wide receiver year in the draft. There were a ton of wide receivers. Yeah, that, that, that were there. I just don't like the mindset of a team that's already looking ahead, like really, like n- not ahead in like this short two to three year window. They're, they drafted the replacement player already. And I just worry about the mindset of that compared to like when the Chiefs drafted Pat Mahomes, I never worried about Alex Smith because he'd done that before. I, I, I wor- so I worry about, about Rodgers. Give me the Lions here. And this is, again, almost purely like I'm picking the one team to do the thing that always happens in the NFL, and it's the Lions. It's funny because I was just about to throw in your face, but you beat me to it there that uh, that the Chiefs did exactly that. When, and, and for the first half of that season, at least, I kept saying, why did the Chiefs, they could have drafted a player that was relevant in that season, could have been a missing, could have been the last finishing piece to put them over the hump there. And instead they took Patrick Mahomes. Why'd they do that? Well, that 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 worked out well there for, Just a for them. Now. So I don't know. So I, 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 but I, that doesn't discount your point there that, a, that a, a team that is ripe, whose QB is in the later stages of his prime. Yeah. You could have helped him out uh, a lot right. more than, than what they did. So, so fair, but the lions to win the division, that's uh that's the headline of this one. NFC West. This is a, a, a terribly competitive division. Um, San Francisco 49ers, of course, uh, barely lost that Super Bowl. They're minus 105 to take the West this year. Seahawks there at plus 230. Rams at plus 500. Cardinals at plus 700. Another good kind of sexy pick. I don't think the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs this year. They're going to be improved. And I think Kyler Murray, as I keep saying, is going to be your MVP based on the fact that they're not going to have a high-end defense. Ergo shootouts. Um and uh, and all of that. Um, Russell Wilson plus 700 to win the MVP. Pretty good odds for a guy who's never come close to yeah, getting it. Cam Akers. Cam Akers, who's supposed to be Todd Gurley, too, plus 2,000 to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. That's the best in the division. And that's the, the way to save uh, the boy genius. And, um, you know, what we were talking about, Sean McVay. Football will never be the same. Um, I think this is a big year. For the Rams, I my prediction, if I may start out with um, with some pessimism here about this division, I think the Rams are going to be mediocre and they're heading in the wrong dire- direction overall because they overcommitted to Jared Goff and now they play Jalen Ramsey and there's just not a lot of loot left over for anybody else. Dave, I have said this now for months. The Rams are my pick for the team that's you look at the end of the season, you're like, they only won six games this year. It's the Rams. 100% the Rams. All right. What, I thought you were going to go against no. me. Good. What did they do to get better this offseason? Right? What did they do? They have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, of course. But outside those two guys, and they're fantastic, obviously. Aaron Donald's fantastic. You know, what? where have they upgraded? On offense. Where have they upgraded? The problem last year was their offensive line, right? Whitworth is getting a little older. The inside of their offensive line is not very strong. And they kept trying to run zone. That's what they do. Run zone, zone, zone. It did not work because their offense line wasn't strong enough. They kept getting pushed back, pushed back. But they never changed his offense. 
And then you did get Jared Goff in the third down situations when, when McVay cannot kind of control the, the tempo of the offense, cannot get him in one or two read play action passes, and they got in a lot of trouble. The Niners, in my opinion, are just as good, or I would say they got even better with the with, with, with the addition of Trent Williams. I mean, Joe Staley is fantastic, but Trent Williams is better than him, just slightly. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk being hurt doesn't, you know, that sucks. I mean, that, that was an upgrade, in my opinion. Um, I worry about the 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 Niners secondary. Seattle didn't get better either, in my opinion. And Arizona I, got better, and so I, and so that's ahead. why I think the Rams, in my opinion, are the fourth fourth place in this division. Whoa, fourth place in this division. Um, I think third is is. Oh, you see, this is my dilemma with this Seattle team is that it's like they have Russell Wilson. I love Russell Wilson. They win that's nine right. games. They win nine games every year. They play the they play the worst game for 58 minutes. It's it's 16 to, to 14, 18, 12, right? And they win the game at the end. I will go, I'll go Arizona three, Seattle two, Niners one. Okay, I'm going to go with the Niners, but here's my, uh, if you've been listening to me for the last, say, 18 to 24 months, my revelation is with watching these league average kind of QBs who are good, you know, good enough to not, give the game away consistently, but not necessarily win you a ton of games by themselves either, or any games by themselves, but they can um, contribute just enough to, yeah. to, to not be a deficit there. The team, they are predicated then on play action that they require it. That define that describes Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo both. And the problem with that is that, you know, that they'll follow through. They don't have the ego that the high end QBs do of trying to jam throws in there all the time, um, you know, against their better judgment. But the problem practically for them is that when you're throwing play action all the time and you see this all the time with with Jimmy Garoppolo, if you watch this. Jimmy Garoppolo has to turn his back to the defense. When he right. picks his head back up, he's vaguely confused for a split second, and that's where his interceptions happen, and right. that's where Jared Goff gets himself into trouble too. But you have to do it as the head coach. They understand the limitations of their QBs, yeah. so they require the play action to stall the defense for a second, but the problem is it also gets in the head of when they look up practically, the field is crowded for them. That's what yeah. makes Tom Brady as the answer practically to being the best quarterback is his ability to process in a split second those guys that are play action dependent also la take an extra tick of a second to try and make sense of what's right. in front of them and they get confused and a clever defensive coordinator will confuse them that is limiting i get that if you're the niners you're kind of like the jags a couple years ago like well we can't move on from from blake bortles yeah. we almost went to the super bowl but i think and i'm pretty sure kyle shanahan is aware yeah jimmy g is where we're oh, limited I, ever I, so I, think, I have no doubt I about so. that i know yeah. it a lot of what you said is is very accurate. Uh, look at you bringing X's and O's to the table, Dave. A little, it's my way. It's what a, I do. A little, a, a little, uh, a little back to the defense talk. Mm. Um, the Jimmy G conversation is really interesting, right? You know, they're up twenty ten in the Super Bowl, seven minutes left in the game. I remember exactly. I said I tweeted out at the time. I'm in the stadium. I'm like, look, this is over, right? Niners will run the ball. Game is done. Didn't work that way, right? Jimmy G had an opportunity on third and six to find Kittle. Didn't find him. Then the opportunity to win the game. I was, I'm literally right. I was at the at the ten yard line, and Sanders comes streaking in, and I'm, I'm like, he's wide open. Touchdown! The Niners win the game, and he overthrew him. Those two throws, the one not throw and one throw, will take a lot of time for Kyle Shanahan to get over. I'm telling you guys, like that's those are big misses. You pay him for those throws. You don't pay him for you pay him to make those throws. Uh, Mahomes would have made those throws. I'll tell you that. So I, I think that there is something to that. 
the one thing I want to counter with your play action talk, and I was beautiful. I mean, it got me all excited inside, um, is that the Niners run the ball better than the Rams. So they are set up better to keep play action passing where the Rams are not. And so the Niners, in my opinion, because Shanahan's the best in the NFL at scheming up the run game. He finds leverage points and easier ways for his... He sets his lineman up, by the way, by making their leverage on blocks much easier and moving the tight end across and all that stuff. So I, I'm i not as concerned about their offense as I am. The concern for the Niners is their secondary. That, that's their concern, in my opinion. Um, but I still think they pull this division out. I, well, it's funny, too, because Richard Sherman has now proved the doubters wrong. But by the way, he's also a year older. And at some point, it ends. Yeah. It ends forever. I don't know if you heard about that, Schwartz, but it does end for everybody. I, I, I mean, I, I know. I, I saw Josh McCown get paid $12,000 a week to do nothing. And I was like, I'm back, I mean, baby. Oh, I'm yeah. Back. We got to get Schwartz back in there. That's right. He's a great locker room presence, um, yeah. especially after he cleans himself up with his new Manscaped products. He'll, he'll be the envy of those, every guy in the locker fast. room. Yes, exactly. Right. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I love talking, previewing the season and everything, but let's get to it here. The main event, and it will be every week here. It is time to make our game picks. Eddie Spaghetti, I didn't even think to talk about that. That's how much I have my ducks in the row. Are we doing this red challenge flag style, or are we just going to go through them um, here in week one, and then we'll uh, we'll figure it out for week two? How say you? Uh, Joe, it's up to you. I mean, if we want to do the red challenge flag music, we could do that. We have to get you guys some flags. Yeah, though. we don't have the flags. Dang, we can't do it. Red challenge flag. We'll just give our picks. Pay attention. Write them down. Follow along. Go against us however you want. Fanduel.com slash minus three. Let's go here. Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions. I love this matchup right out of the gate. I generally don't like when division teams play in week one. As I say every year, we've been out in the desert. We're starving. Just give us a cracker. We don't need a, a piece of steak in week one. We just need anything to satiate ourselves. We don't, we don't need important games happening in week one, but here we are. Bears, Lions, it's juicy. It's Rust Belt. The Lions are at home. They're giving that minus three, just like our show says. So I have to like it for that. Uh, total on that one is 43 and a half. And I'm guessing you're rolling with me and taking the Lions here, Schwartz. I am taking the Lions here. That would be that would be correct. Um I will also let it be known if I have personally bet these games because uh, I, I, you know, dabble in these and these sort of things. So I, I'll like make my picks that I really like. Okay, um, well, I don't so want you to don't jive anybody with your picks here. Oh no, I, I, I would take the lines here. Okay, I got the lines as well to get out of the gate, and this is feeble information to lean on. But I will remind you that they destroyed the Jets in Week One a year ago. I know different circumstances, but Trubisky's going to presumably walk out onto the field with a ton of pressure to perform or get yeah. the hook in favor of Foles. I think that's not great for him either. So I got the Lions here, and what should be legitimately an improved pass rush, I think. Browns, Ravens, and AFC North, Dandy, the home team. From Charm City, no fans there, but seven and a half is what they're given to the visiting Browns. The As I've said before, I'll say again, if we lived in a world of justice, they would be called the Baltimore Purples because after all, they stole them from Cleveland. I don't know why Browns fans don't hate Baltimore more than they hate Steelers. But anyhow, that's neither here nor there. Who you got in this one? I got Baltimore. This is a game I actually bet. I, I think that if you look at um, – the way that a veteran team like Baltimore is going to come out this year, knowing that everyone all year has said, Hey, um, you know, a, obviously you can't win playoff games. And I think they're going to come out angry. I think they're going to come out and run the ball down the Cleveland Browns. Look, the Browns have a new head coach who I think will be good. I think Baker Mayfield will be much better this year, but they haven't had time to gel yet. 
a new left tackle. They brought a new right tackle. Miles Garrett off suspension. I think Baltimore just runs over the Browns, who are going to have poor tackling as well. I think that, I think I, I think the, the Ravens win by two scores. By the way, I'm with you on on every bit of analysis there, and I like both these games to go over the first two games we did here, and I'll take uh, the the Ravens along with you. The total on that one is 48 and a half. Packers, Vikes, we've been talking about both those teams here, the home team, the Vikings, giving yeah. two and a half here, total on that one, 45 and a half. I'm not sure exactly what's owed uh, to, to, well, I guess it's because they're the home team, but uh, I'll, I'll take the Packers uh, going and, and getting a win in week one here. You're listening to this right now. Pull over your car. St- stop what you're doing on your on, on your computer at home. Where are you listening to it? Pull over. Go to fanduelcom slash minus three and throw money down the Packers. This line makes no sense to me. I do not understand it. I mentioned earlier, the Vikings are down. You know, not down, but they have three very young corners playing right now. They lost Daniel Hunter and Everson Griffin. Yeah, they bought Ngakwe in, but he hasn't had time to really get acclimated to the Viking system. There's no home field advantage. There's no noise in the stadium. Right. I, I just, I don't know. I think this would be, should be an even game um, with no noise, but I, I guess it's not. And I would just run, this is a great teaser play, by the way, to put the Packers in a teaser. It's a fantastic, te- eight and a half, hopefully climbs to three. It's gone down, but it, maybe it goes back to three. I don't know, but tease, tease this game as well. Oh, I like that. And you know what? It's a great one to pair up with uh, with our next one. The Indianapolis Colts going down to Duval County to play the Jags. The Jags are going to stink something awful this year. The Colts are giving seven and a half on the road total on that one. Forty five and a half. I think Phil Rivers impresses his teammates in week one. We'll see if he can do it all season long. But I think he's got enough to vanquish the feeble Jags in this one. Do you agree on that one? Yeah, I, I, I would I would not touch this game with a ten foot pole. I would, not throw, I would not throw money at it. If I had to throw money at it, I think I would take the home dog. It's just kind of like per usual. A everyone's lot of betting, points, right? Everyone's betting on the Colts, so there's a ton of value on Jacksonville here. Um, but I, if you I, tease it down to basically a, a straight up win, I yeah, think it's pretty but I attractive. Just, you know, this this feels like the game of the week. I'm looking at these games. You're like. You're like, what is happening? It's a, you know, it's it's a thousand degrees in Jacksonville. It's attention <laughs> and like, you know, it, red zone comes on. It's like Jacksonville Gardner Minshew driving for the win, and it's, it's just like, it just feels like a gross game. Stay away from this game. I like that you called it the game of the week, and then de- de- described how awful and inessential it's going to be in the grand scheme no, no, of no, things. No, 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 I said it's one of those games of the week. Oh, I thought you said. Like, <laughs> oh no, no, you're just like this is gross. I'm not watching this. Next up, the Vegas Raiders. I, you know, I'm going to take it's going to take a second to get used to that, but it's also going to get used to the, your your point. And I wonder how it's going to impact things. And I guess we'll have a week's worth of evidence, um, you know, by the time we kibitz again next week. But this home field thing or, or the lack thereof and, and the teams that really kind of lean on it and maybe get a game or so um, extra win because of that. Yeah, I wonder how that again. We we talked about it the other day, but Saints, Seahawks, Chiefs. I'm looking at you because that home field advantage does really kind of swing games. It feels like to me, and one of the great surprises for me in talking to pro football players over the last 15 years has been that they actually do get some juice off of the home crowd. I always thought, ah, what do they care? They they care if they're being cheered for or cheered against. Apparently, it does matter to pro football players. Talk about a game I'm going to avoid with a 10-foot pole, this one. I like Matt Rule. I like what it would seem he has in mind. I'm fascinated by how he can deploy Robbie Anderson 
and uh, and Curtis Samuel yeah. and the trigger man of of number uh, of uh, Teddy Bridgewater number two there. But I, yeah, I, I, it's too much for me. This is one I would avoid. But you tell me your pick. I, I guess I'll take the Raiders just based on talent. Yeah, this game I liked the Raiders far better when it was like one or one and a half. The Raiders were, were having to lay. I'll take the Raiders. I think the Panthers are in the running for the worst team in the NFL this year. So I, I just, but I still, I, yeah, this is a, not a game I would willingly put money on. But give me the Raiders minus three. Week seventeen history, nothing less than history. Um, was resulted from Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing it repeatedly to Devontae Parker at the so-called defensive player of the year um, on that last drive. If the Patriots stave off the Dolphins in that game, then the Patriots are the one seed. Two. The, uh, they're the two. I'm sorry, right. Yeah. They're the two seed. The Chiefs play in wildcard weekend. Let's say they even win that game. They go to New England. That's very different. And right. the Ravens definitely would have trucked the the Texans, and so that means that the Ravens would have hosted the title game. I don't, I'm, and I've looked it up, and it would have been a miserable weather day yeah. in Baltimore. I think that maybe the Ravens would have wound up in the Super Bowl. I I think the Chiefs owe Fitzpatrick a Super Bowl ring because really, um, really, that's true. See, I, you agree I, with me? I've said this. I've said this from the. I've, I've talked to some of their their personnel, and they said, dude, I mean, like luck is part of it, right? You know, they Mahomes, he dislocates his knee, but he's only out three. Like it's the best dislocation you can have, right? To come back, only out three weeks. Matt Moore beats the Vikings, right? Great job by Matt Moore. And then you enter week 17 looking at playing a red hot Titans team, going to New England and going to Baltimore to get to the Super Bowl, to even get there. Instead, the Dolphins win that game. You then get, you know, obviously, then the Titans beat the Ravens, and you get the, you know, the the Texans who aren't terribly good. And so it, the chiefs, they, they won their games, but it lined up well for them. Um, I will take the Patriots here minus six and a half over uh, the dolphins. Um, Total 42 on that one. I, I just, I think the Patriots are better than people think um, a lot of, pu- a lot of public money in the Patriots, a little concerned, but I would bet the Patriots here. You know what? For fun. I'm going to say the dolphins. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't wager, um, the bank account on it, but I, I, I do kind of like the dolphins and I do like Brian Flores against, uh, the old yeah. man there. I, I, I think that matchup, I don't want to overstate that, but you know, week 17, I don't know, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick has just been sleeping in the Foxborough stadium since week 17 and he's ready to go <laughs> and he treats it now as his own home jets, the former home. Oh, Jets and Bills, two other Ryan Fitzpatrick teams um, are meeting in Buffalo. I like the Bills to win the division. Schwartz likes the Patriots. The Jets I like as the fourth place team. Um, Bills given six and a half total on this one. Thirty nine and a half. I don't know about that. I think that the Bills are going to have a different gear on offense this year. Um, I'm going to take them to. And uh, yeah, you know what? I'm taking that one, and by the way, you can get in on that uh, on that one on extra points. That is my value pick of the week. I'm going to lower the point total to minus five and a half in favor of Buffalo on that one. So I'm going to take the Bills one way or the other. How say you, Schwartz? I mean, I guess if I had to pick someone, I'd pick the Bills. But this game just has like, you know, 14-13 written all over. Same as the opening week last year, right? 17-16, that ugly game that the, the Bills came back and won at the end. This just does not... This game just going to be brutal, but I, I guess the Bills. I mean, I can't say it's a close game and take the the Bills. I guess, but 
I would feel more comfortable with the Bills. Your your distaste for all things Bills is getting weird, Schwartz. And people in Buffalo are started to notice please, look, too. Please, please, Just because you don't like Josh please, Allen, the defense you, is spectacular. They have they have now two nice a, young runners. That's uh, the, Dave, the offensive line is fine. If, if you are a Bills fan in a region where you can bet with mm-hmm. FanDuel, go to FanDuel.com minus three and fade, fade me. Jeff Schwartz. Go ahead, fade, Jeff Schwartz. fade me. That's go ahead, bet. fade me. All you want. And and, the, and you know what? Fade me and then come back at Twitter at Jeff Schwartz, Jeff with a G, at minus three podcast. Or Dave Damashek, at Ace, whatever you want to do. I know it's Edward Murphy. It's like an official Twitter handle for Eddie Spaghetti. Um, and tell me I was wrong, but go ahead and fade me. Go ahead. That's right. And but yeah, if you if you're wrong, the added penalty um, is that you have to apologize to Jeff Schwartz. That's that's the rule. Yeah, that, yeah that'll never. If happen. you fade Jeff Schwartz and you're wrong, you must issue a video apology that uh, we'll play here on the show in future weeks. Eagles versus Washington, um, Philadelphia, the road favorite, given five and a half total, forty two and a half. You know, I I know moving around on the offensive line, injuries and everything else. Miles Sanders isn't a hundred percent right now. Dwayne Haskins, year two, Ron Rivera for the stuff you described there. It's not going to be a joyous atmosphere in our nation's capital. I'll take the Eagles. Oh, I like Washington here. I bet this plus five and a half. Did you? Um, yeah, it's dropped a little bit. I got it at six. So the line's moving um, in, in a good direction. Oh, dude, a ton of public bets are on Philly. There's a good, you know, I, I'll use this term a lot, reverse line movement where we see um, a lot of, you know, a lot of public money on one side, sharps come in the other side. The line moves. Um, I like Washington here to cover at home. Seahawks, Falcons have played a few really good games over the last decade or so. The Seahawks yep. going down to Atlanta, giving a point and a half total, 49 and a half. I'm going to take the Falcons. This is a year-long play. I like the Falcons better than a lot do. I like – oh, did I not say, by the way, with the NFC West, I'm, uh, I think that um, – that the Seahawks are fine because of Russell Wilson and he usually makes them much better than yeah. they are. But I'm not overly I, that defense is worse than it was last year and it wasn't a great defense then. So I'm taking the Fal- uh, the Falcons to eat up that mediocre to poor Seahawks defense and uh, and to um, best that uh, point and a half that they're getting. I like the Falcons here as well. Uh, mm. it's one of my favorite I think it is my favorite play of the week. Um, all the numbers, by the way, the trends are against the Falcons. I mean, Dan Quinn is terrible against the spread. Yeah. Um, opponents are four and one against the Falcons in week one over the past five years against the spread. I should say Russell Wilson is, um, you know, nine, nine and a half percent return on investment in the regular season. If you bet every one of his games, Pete Carroll has 22 East coast games, start time of 1 PM Eastern. He is a 12 and uh, 12, seven, three against the spread. I mean, like everything, nonetheless, I'm going with the Falcons. I'm with you. I, I think the Falcons win this game outright. And, and, and you know, Deion Jones and Keanu Neal are two key pieces that just keep getting banged up. Here's a vote of optimism for good health for those two guys. We'll transform that defense. And like we talk about, I don't know how good they're going to be at running the ball, but no matter that pass game should be loaded. Maybe the best in uh, or right up there among the best. Not Nothing's going to be better than the Chiefs are, but maybe on the NFC uh, side of things, at least the best passing offense um, in that uh, side of the bracket. Chargers, Bengals, Chargers given just three and a half to the Bengals. I guess that's because... 
Tyrod Taylor, I'm guessing. And, uh, you know, Mike Williams is going to be out in this one. The Chargers should dominate a, a callow Bengals offense, though. I mean, Joe Burrow being thrown to the wolf. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa chasing him around. I don't like that. I like the Chargers here. Um, I, I don't know if I necessarily trust the Chargers, but I like the Chargers here. I'll give you a really specific bet. And we're, we're recording this on Thursday, so it has not posted yet. But FanDuel will, will most likely have this. Go find it, right? FanDuel.com minus three, uh, slash minus three. I like Joey Bosa to dominate this game. He's going against the Bengals right tackle, who is atrocious. Worst right tackle in the NFL. I think Bosa just got paid. He wants to come out and show he's the man, rookie quarterback. If you get a sack total for Joey Bosa on Sunday morning, go to, go to FanDuel.com slash minus three. Bet Joey Bosa's sack total over. I'm going to imagine it's set at one or one and a half. Bet it over. Bet it over. Very specific bet. I'm giving you a little offensive line insight right here. Bet that Joey Bosa prop. We talk about the what ifs and what almost happened to the Niners by virtue of the Cardinals going into San Francisco and and beating them on a last second touchdown. Um, well, that was the Cardinals who did that. Yeah, it was the Cardinals who did that, right? In week 16, I think it yeah. was. And then the Niners had the win in Seattle, and they barely did that. They wouldn't have gone to the Super Bowl, the Niners, if that would have done. But here we are, the Cardinals going back to San Francisco here. Home team, Niners, giving a touchdown. Um, total on this game is 48 and a half. This is a tough one to call because I really like this Cardinals offense, as I've already said. Don't love... Um, I, but I think, you know, trying to adjust to yeah. Kyle Shanahan has the advantage of the offseason to add a few tweaks to what devastated a year ago. I think that's enough for them to survive early in the season against the Cardinals. I say take the home team minus the seven. I need to find the, the actual stat because um, it's uh, it's not it's not good. But teams off a Super Bowl loss are, are, are terrible the first game of the next season. And. Cardinals are getting seven points. Or Kingsbury last year was an underdog at all of his road games, right? No surprise. Five, one, and two against a spread last season. His first year as a road dog. Give me Arizona plus the seven, man. I, I think they, I think they keep this game close. Yeah, but, uh, this is psychological more than anything to do with X's and O's. But I do wonder as they start, are they feeling it too much? Because all of a sudden, the Cardinals getting a lot of push in this last month from what I've noticed. A lot of people getting very excited about what the I, I, I saw somebody of note predict that the Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl this year. That's a little bit much. I think what they're going to have this year much. is an explosive offense is what I expect. Yes. And I'm going to take the Niners, like I say, short term, though, because – if you give them a little more tape, maybe the league will start to catch up with what uh, Kyle, listen, Kyle Shanahan knows the limitations of Jimmy G. He knows that he throws two or three bad balls a game that are interceptable. And that's something he must coach his way around. I, I know that that is legitimately a part of his strategy. So that seems like a bad, you know, and just because everything lined up a year ago doesn't mean it lines up again this year. Buccaneers, Saints. Big one. And if you want to hear our thoughts on the NFC South, we gave them on our first episode last week. Go back and dig into that one. It's in New Orleans, but there aren't going to be fans there to create that home field advantage, which is massive in the Superdome. Tom Brady and company are getting three and a half on the road. Total 47 and a half. I like the over in this one, Ooh, um, even okay. though both. Well, because it's it's fun. This is going to be a fun shootout. I think this is uh, this is what uh, this is what happens in the NFL when you get two superstars going head to head. Yeah. It tends to pay off. I think it will pay off here. And I say take the older of the two old QBs starting this game. I'm going to take Tom Brady in his first go round with the Buccaneers. I'm going to take the under here, forty seven and a half, and I'll tell you okay. why. 
I think Tampa Bay's offense is going to take a little bit of time to kind of get rolling. I think the Tampa Bay's defense is really good. I think when we expect a lot of points, it typically never ends up actually having a lot of points. And I talked about reverse line movement. It's not, it opened at 49 and a half. And it, the, the, the thing I can see, 85% of, of tickets are on the over. 85% of tickets on the over. Yet it dropped two whole points so far. So I'm, I'm jumping on the under. I'm going to ride it. Fanzo.com slash minus three. Just do it, man. Bet the under with me. Have some fun. Root for interceptions and missed field goals. Cowboys, <laughs> a team that people, including myself, picked for a Super Bowl last year. People picking them all over again. The Rams, sexy team. Sean McVay, shirtless in the pool in uh, in hard knocks this year. Loved how he found a way to get that shirt off. Like, like, I like how he also made it like, I'm going to get in the pool with no shirt on. Okay. Producers. And they're like, why, why are you going to do that? Oh, too late. I'm already in guys. Um, I thought that was weird. Um, I think that, uh, largely smoke and mirrors, uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong this year. Maybe he'll prove himself to be the genuine article. I'm going to take the Cowboys coming out to LA. Um, and, and, uh, they're giving three on the road. I like them. Um, I'm going to take the under though, 51 and a half. So I, I, I'm never going to tell you not to take it under. That's fine here. I like the Cowboys uh, minus three. I just don't think the Rams are any good. And I think the Cowboys are going to come out and just run the ball down their throat and, and make it a tough day for them. Okay. Uh, Broncos um, are hosting the Tennessee Titans. Broncos, a home dog uh, marginally, plus one and a half total on this one's 41 and a half. I, I'm trying to come around on the Titans again, play action, dependent team. Um, with Ryan Tannehill, the Broncos, though, banged up and probably a feeling a little devastated about uh, Von Miller right now and, and where to go. A lot of rookies being required to perform above expectation for the Broncos to soar to the heights that yeah. I think some people had them at. I'm going to go with the Titans in the short term, at least. Let's see how they look in September before um, I get too excited about them. But on this day, I take them minus the one and a half. So. What's what's fascinating about this is Von Miller gets hurt. We talked about this in the last podcast, and this line moved like two and a half, three points. Does that feel weird, Dave, for like a defensive end? And the line moves. To, Denver was favored. And then I don't know. Moved. Do you rise up? Do you rally when a guy goes down like that? When know. the star I, of your team and you and you overcome I, in the short term, or do you just I feel would, like I, gut I punch? I feel like it's funny. Is when it was Denver minus one, I would say I take the Titans plus the the point. And now I feel like the other way, right? The Titans favored by a point and a half. I look toward the Broncos. I'll stick with my guns. Uh, Titans minus the one and a half. All right. And then the earlier Monday night game, I'm, I'm making it last to remind you that uh, we have boosted that one, or FanDuel has boosted, boosted that one for the minus three audience there. The total is 47 on that game. Get in on it. Boot it. Bet it at uh, FanDuel.com. Slash minus three. Um, it's plus one fifteen if the two teams combine to go over forty seven. There, the the uh, spread on it is five and a half in favor of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll make my analysis quick. I'm scared. I don't know what's going to so happen, funny. but the Steelers cover it. Uh, fan check is back. So um, what? Just so always, what? Just just always worried. You about convinced me that you you convinced me that the Giants are an apocalypse. They're terrible. I, I'm, I think they're going to, yeah. I, I'm going spaghetti. with. Not making friends with spaghetti. I'm going with the Steelers here in a blowout, plus the over, of course. Um, I didn't win this game. I think it might score over 30 points. I think it's, it's a bloodbath. All right. Get in on the action with that one. And uh, just to bring it on home here, spaghetti, what, who's uh, who, who do you got in that one real quick? 
I said that I think the Steelers are going to win that by like a score of around like 37, 38 to like 27 ish wow. around there. Okay. So yeah, they're going to take, take light, let those Steelers lay the points. All it's, right. it's I fine. mean, I, I hear you and I don't know what they have in store this giants offense, but that's a lot of points to be scored against uh, what was a dynamite defense a year ago, but all right now, Here's what's hard. Let's blow through this real quick um, for everybody here. We appreciate you hanging with us. I'm going to go Eagles is the one seed, believe it or not, at 11 and five. Packers, uh, I'm sorry, Saints um, get the, I keep going back and forth on this. I'm going to go Bucks at 11 and five as your two seed. I'm going to go Packers at 10 and six is the three. And uh, it's just so hard. The Niners at nine and seven to win that bum division. I well, I I'd say as compelling as it is, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock that down. I'm gonna put the Lions in at nine and seven, the Saints in at eleven and five as a wild card. And then I don't want to overcount here. I think I've I think I've uh, put too many teams in. Lions um, get a wild card, Saints get a wild card, Falcons get a wild Oh no, Cowboys get a wild card at eleven and five. Sorry, Falcons, you just miss out. Also, sorry, Seahawks, you're not going to the playoffs this year. No playoffs for you. So here we go. Ready? I got, got seven teams now. I'm going New Orleans as as the one seed. Going, we're going New Orleans. We're going with um, the Cowboys at the two seed. We're going the Niners at the three seed. Lions at the four seed. Tampa five. Um, I think we're going Seahawks six. And the last, let's get the last one to the Eagles at seven. Okay. There you have it, everybody. Who's your one seed in the NFC there, Spaghetti? It, ma- it uh, matters yeah. more now because you're the only team that gets the bye if you if you get yeah. the one seed. I, I hate to say this, but I think it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're the, the best team in the NFC. Yeah, maybe. Um, not, I don't think that's uh, that's certainly not a loco pick there. All right, good times, guys. This was uh, this was a fat one because we had to preview the whole, pretty much uh, the, all the NFC and get all those weeks in. Well, going forward, be a little leaner because we'll get all our weekly picks in and look back at the preceding week. We appreciate you following along. Please do tell your friends and family, and if you hate the show, then tell your enemies to download and subscribe and rate, all that stuff on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Also, we really appreciate you signing up on FanDuel.com slash minus three. Again, M-I-N-U-S. And the number three is how you join in on the fun. And I've heard from some cynics saying, oh, you're a comedy writer. Well, it's not as though I know nothing about football. And as Eddie Spaghetti can confirm, I have a pretty good track record of picking football games. Um, But Jeff Schwartz obviously knows his stuff. But really the point is, to be a part of the fun. We want to make group fans get in on it. And by doing so, the more people we get, the more we can move the line, we can impact it and make it more favorable for everybody who participates. So that's part of the fun. Get in on it, everybody. By the way, what do you think these so-called expert gamblers are are, uh, winning 98% of their picks? Damashek lines up pretty favorably with those. But we'll see how, again, that's rear view mirror because I don't know how 2020 is going to go and we're about to find out, aren't we? I just want to say, that we want to we want to make this as fun and entertaining as possible. Even though it is a gambling, right? And we're talking about gambling. We're going to have fun with it, guys. That's why you're coming here to have fun, talk about gambling, nerd out about football, and hear Dave talk about random stats for the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 1970s. It, it, it's what we're doing. And if you catch our little social videos that go up there um, that are created by one Eddie Spaghetti, there you get the added bonus of getting to see him in a tank top. 
on purpose too. Not ironically. He just wears it because he likes it. Which I mean, is weird. I'm comfortable. My my wife walked in to tonight's filming and said, "Ooh, look at that guy." I mean, I I had to Eddie. Whew. Got some fire coming. <laughs> that through dude's the, jacked. No, Boy. not anymore. I was gonna wear actually a Mahomes jersey today in solidarity with the the Schwartz family, but uh, I just I'm going with the uh, the tank top here. Uh, maybe mid season just to jazz things up a little bit. Uh, FanDuel can give us a little uh, a little prop bet. Who can eat more in a sitting, Jeff Schwartz or Eddie Spaghetti? Guess what, Eddie Spaghetti, you'll be stunned, Schwartz. But then again. You're a sizable fella. So I don't, you know what? We have a lot of excitement coming at you this football yes. season all year long. We're, uh, we're taking, um, we're taking all the relevant sports and uh, giving you our thoughts on it. Hope you can join in on the fun throughout for Eddie Spaghetti, for Jeff Schwartz, for Emmy Schwartz with her, uh, with her little star <laughs> turn there. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you after week one, before week two, to get you ready for all yep. those games and everything else that's going on in sports. Then until then, thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.